The time is now. What is the secret to success? Movement. People look at you strange saying you change, like you work that hard to stay the same. Like you're doing all this for a reason. reason. Hard work. Yeah. Works. Today's Trainers Talk is brought to you by the Calcica Fit app. The Calcica Fit app has over a hundred different workout videos from yoga, Pilates, core, strength, hit, on the go, TRX, meditation. Even if you're having a hard time going to sleep at night, we got something for that. So check that out. It's less than 50 cents a day. Go to calcicafit.com for more details. Yeah. Hello, boys and girls. I would like to welcome you to the latest Trainers Talks. Uh, my next guest is somebody who's known me for his home, his whole life. This is my brother, the one and only Darian Almond. You know, crowd noise. <laughs> Got to pump it in there like they do in the games now. <laughs> so, uh, my brother who lives uh, in Northern Virginia on the uh, obviously in the east coast works in alexandria uh where darren where do you work uh i work for virginia hospital center cool in arlington and, virginia awesome and then um, so close close enough exactly. um what i i think i think we just kind of get into it i mean i think i think big picture i wanted to uh, to get you on one because uh we often have like talks sometimes where we just we will jump on a call and talk about some things that are going on um that we're seeing and and i kind of wanted to get your your opinion and and i wanted to put it on the podcast because i thought it would be interesting to kind of um chop it up on some different topics of things you heard um the first thing i want to talk about was the uh did you see the dave Chappelle thing that he he released the uh, new one yeah, was what, what what was that? That was a couple of that was like um, a couple of days. A couple before, of days ago. Yeah, a couple of days before Valentine's Day. So, um, what did you think? What did you think of that? Uh, so I actually just saw it like a few hours ago. Um, I saw that it was there. I just didn't have a chance to really like sit down and watch it. Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> it's funny because Dave Chappelle now is like. I don't even know if he's like a comedian anymore. He's more of a public speaker who's funny. Yeah. So let me set the let me set it up for you first, because uh, uh, I didn't do a good job of that. So Dave Chappelle, what happened was his famous show that he did for Comedy Central back in the early two thousand. He kind of got a raw deal. Um, he wasn't getting the licensing, and he wasn't able to control his name. When it came to that show and he wasn't really making any money from that show even though it was on netflix it was on hbo max it was on these other platforms and so you can if you follow dave chappelle on instagram you can find this pretty easily these videos and some of these are on youtube he pretty much you know now that he's been hot and over the last five six years they his show that he produced and he made, but he doesn't own anymore, 
was being put out there by Comedy Central and Viacom, and they were pretty much not paying him. And he took, you know, a slide of that and he came out and said, this is not right. And he asked his fans not to watch the show that he originally created because he's not getting paid for it. And so he comes out a couple of days before Valentine's Day and lets people know that uh, his tactic worked. And he was able to put pressure on, on Viacom. And in essence, he was able to get uh, the licensings back um, from, from the show. So go ahead and continue from that. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of a weird deal, you know? Like, because you know he's already, like, made tons and tons of money at all, like, off of other things. Totally. Um, I, I, I think it wasn't about the money because, I mean, you already have all that money. I think the screwed up thing is that you can't use, you can't use your name. Like, yeah, you know, you, any, any, and, and your whole business is art and releasing stuff and you can't use your name legally. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously we both, I mean, I don't know where Dave Chappelle sits on your comedian list, but for me, he's number one. Um, where does he sit for you? He is, I think he's number one. It's, I, 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 you know, I have like four comedians who I think are just like, above and beyond everybody he's probably number one um you know I, I, to me it's dave chappelle a chris rock b you know what chris rock is one b for me and then um bill burr and um and uh kevin um uh what can i think of his name little the little money mike the perm I can't think. Not Kevin Hart, right? No, not Kevin Hart. Uh, the guy that's in the Friday After Next. Oh, Tucker, Chris? No, no, Friday After Next. Chris, Friday Next. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I think it was me. We'll come the back to Tink Tink joke. The little Tink Tink joke. <laughs> I don't know. You lost me. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I haven't seen Friday. Cat Williams. Cat, like... Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Cat. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you got yeah, me when you said Kevin. Yeah. I don't know why I said Kevin. Yeah, Cat, Cat Williams. Only because Cat Williams just has, he has two and a half stand-ups that are just, you know, just the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. They're, they, I can laugh. I can watch them every time and just die. Yeah. Laughing. Yeah. Those, those four, I think, are, are um, on a different, you know, level. Yeah, you were, so go back to what you were saying. You were saying about Dave that like you don't even see him. He's not really even being com comedian right now lately, especially over the past year. The stuff that he's publicly released. And why? Why mm -hmm. would? Why do you say that? Um, even like his tone, it doesn't sound like it doesn't even sound like he is uh, telling a joke. Like you know he's. I don't even know if he's writing down jokes anymore. Like, I feel like he's just going up there and saying what he feels. 
but he's a naturally funny guy. So it's yeah. still there's still jokes tied in there. Yeah. And he's he's so smart that you're like and he has this he just has a sense about him where you just think like you believe everything he's saying and and the stuff that he's saying is funny. But the topic that he's talking about is actually like very serious. Yeah. You know, and uh it's funny because I was listening to it's funny, I was listening to podcasts on um I think it was, it was Gary Owens podcast. And he had um Joy Coy on there. And they were yeah. talking about Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I saw that. And they were just basically saying, like, I don't even think he's writing jokes anymore. Like he's and all the comedians said, like, I would drop whatever I'm doing to go out to like Ohio to do his stand up or to do his like little farm thing he's got going. You know? Yeah. So it's it's i I think it's I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's honestly like awesome. I think it's cool that to see because you saw his, like, first stand-up. You saw him when he was on, like, The Nutty Professor, and he was, like, or How High. Not yeah. How High, uh, or was it what's it called? Uh, the Weed the weed Movie, whatever. But, <laughs> I think I think that's, the, I mean, I think we're just going to call it The Weed Movie. I mean, I, I think what's in, kind of coming back to him, he made a play where he leveraged his fandom and his and to kind of get his name back and kind of just point out to to the to the culture and to the people of like hey you think because i'm successful now he's like he's kind of held in how you could just tell how much that comedy central thing bothered him you know over the years and he just never he kind of touched on it on in the um and his fourth netflix special when he was in that small room in la where he kind of touches on when he's talking about the pimp story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and and so it just, I think what's kind of cool, and you're seeing this with like Taylor Swift, you're seeing this with even rappers and stuff like that and different musicians talking about wanting to own their masters and have control of that, that the creatives yeah. are yeah, really, you, huh? You want to be careful of owning your masters. A lot of those people end up uh, dead. <laughs> if you notice that, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> on, on on both on both sides. I mean, that's not even racial. I think like um, it, it's crazy how much money is in a lot of that stuff, and I don't. I mean, I don't know how it happens, but they end up. You can go back to the sixties, you know, fifties. They they if you own your stuff, some reason you end up dying in a tragic way. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 kinda that's very true, actually. I mean, like we were me and Jackie were just watching a night in Miami or is that uh, Amazon Prime movie that talks about the night that Muhammad Ali won um his first heavyweight championship and he's in a room with Malcolm X and um, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke. And um, for that night, he's, he's kind of, you know, Sam Cooke, we didn't realize how prolific he was and what a great business person he was and how he, 
produced uh, and owned most of his music. So it's uh, it's kind of pretty pretty incredible to kind of see that. And then he dies tragically from kind of a weird story of you know somebody trying to rob him type of thing but it's just kind of weird involving a woman as it was so you're 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 right when you and you take michael jackson who owned the beatles catalog so hey i i lost you for a little bit my phone my phone went out you i heard you're talking about michael jackson and yeah who else were you talking about other name well I, i think i'll piece it together but i'll kind of recap it so what you're right about the sense that, you know, if I think about the different people who have lost their lives and they own their masters shortly, you know, who have control, what you think of their music destiny. I was talking about this, the One Night in Miami, the movie that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that? I did. And then it's funny because I saw that and then I went and watched the documentary of Sam Cook that they actually had on Netflix. And I think it was kind of, you could tell they kind of based One Night in Miami off some of this um, documentary. Yeah. And that's what I was you saying. Know, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was kind of saying like what me and Jackie, we did the same exact thing. We, we watched that and then we watched the one of the documentaries and knowing how great of a business person Sam Cook was, like, I didn't even know that. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that he had that, I mean, he was Barry Gordy before Barry Gordy. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> that is an interesting twist. But I, I'm, I think from a standpoint, I think everybody wins if Dave Chappelle has his stuff because he's going to be more free to create content, or that's the theory, is that he's going to be more yeah, open I, creating new content. I, I think one of the things that's different um, now at least for like comedians and even and it's kind of what you're doing right now you know like you don't need you don't need a third party yeah you know you can i I, it's kind of a good thing bad thing with this world right now right you don't need a third party you can go ahead and do it but sometimes you need a third party (laughs) (laughs) but yeah some of these motherfuckers need a (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, some of these people need a third party, but you don't necessarily need to do that. You know, you can um, you can create your own content. You can do you can push your own content. Sometimes you might need a little bit of help of you know marketing, but if you know people, you can get that out. You know, you don't need you don't need a third party like you probably used to. You know, um, yeah. Real quick, this is off topic, but. That one night in Miami, what did you think of it? I thought it was, uh, you know, it, it was the movie. So if I, I'll go, do you want the, t- the movie or the story? The movie. So the movie I thought was, it started off interesting and then it kind of got a little slow. It's like slow mm-hmm. for like the first 45 minutes. Um, and then it, it kind of starts to get interesting after Malcolm X has that call with his family and he goes down to the parking lot and um, he starts to, and he can see across the road that people are following him. And it's most likely yeah. the FBI or some, something, something of that nature. 
you know, seeing what he's up to. Um, I think the, I think Jim Brown comes off uh, the biggest, I don't know. I feel like he comes off the biggest G in this, in a way, because he knows. I feel like he, he was though. Yeah. I, I feel like, like if you see Jim Brown on movies and stuff, like he seems like he was a pretty steady guy. Like he was comfortable with the thing. So that movie, I thought the movie was good. I thought the story was great. Yeah. Um, lit, lit, like the movie Lost Lane, like Lane was, she didn't really like it as much. I think um, the guy who played Malcolm X did a good job, but I don't think it really represented what, and I wasn't, you know, old enough to really see Malcolm X only seeing like clips, you know, like he seemed a little soft. Yeah. You know what I'm about that. Like well, Michael Max and everything seemed like he was very militant and yeah and uh, and in the movie they made him seem like he was very uh, unsure of himself and less confident and um like unsure about things like you know what I'm saying yeah but the funny thing is like Jackie felt the same way about the Muhammad Ali character she felt like you know he wasn't as boisterous like it wasn't as playful um the, the character mm -hmm. but i kind of appreciated that part of it because i'm thinking like what are these guys like really behind the scenes and when you like take the malcolm x thing in particular he just found out like the nation of islam really doesn't it's kind of pushing him out but he's still repping them hard and mm -hmm. and then so there's just natural uncertainty like his wife doesn't know like are we gonna be able to live in our house like we don't even own our house type of thing. So like, I'm just trying to think if I'm in that same circumstance, you, you know, I've been in circumstances where you're, you're unsure, your next move is kind of unsure. You know, you don't move with the same level of confidence as is projected. It's kind of like, you know, are we just looking at, do we know Malcolm X from an Instagram perspective? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think, and I think from the Muhammad Ali standpoint, Jackie just felt like he he didn't show as much confidence. But I also say, like, we see Muhammad Ali through his whole career. We see the end of the story where maybe in the early, early part of his career, when he's around people like Jim Brown and Malcolm X and even Sam Cooke, who are more established in their career. Yeah, it, and also he was really young. He was like 20, exactly. like two or something like that, 21. So that, that didn't really bother me that much. The Malcolm X part kind of did, at least in the beginning of the movie, where it was just like, Malcolm X was very militant. Like, and I'm not just saying that, there's, that's just from like, you can see that from his speeches and his interviews. Totally. And then the, the movie, he just seemed a little like, whimper. I don't know if like, that's the right word, but like, he's, you know, he, he was very soft. And his voice and the way he talked, and uh, so, but I thought it was a good movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the Sam Cooke stuff was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, so I, we we grew a, a fondness for his story. Like, if if anything, I was I would say that was the best part of it is learning more about him, yeah. uh, understanding what kind of pioneer he was. Um, 
let's uh let's switch it up a little bit and um do you want to talk anything any sports things anything you want super bowl nba um you know well the, it's crazy here i don't know so is, is gambling legal there okay. i don't know i don't you know i mean i i guess you can always do those fan duel things i i, I don't know because i don't gamble <laughs> so to you yeah no, no, I do like I'll do like you know fantasy football. I'll do I'll even do like the FanDuel, um, that create like pretty much fantasy thing like with like friends and stuff. But yeah, I'm like you. I don't gamble that much. Um, my friends are so gambling just became legal in Virginia. Okay. So my a lot of my friends, even the guys like I coach with, like you would have thought. <laughs> they were all just the biggest degenerates ever. Yeah. Just like, oh, did you, did you see the spread on this? We're, we were watching uh, Coach Hawes and a couple other coaches. We were, they just placed like $5. You can just do it from your phone now. They placed like $5 on this like crappy college game. Yeah. And, and we were just uh, grabbing a bite to eat after, after a game. And they're yelling and screaming at the TV <laughs> bar. <laughs> like in game seven of the NBA Finals, although it was like five dollars that, which does make things interesting. But I, I just not a. I'll do it for fun here and there. I'm just not a gambler. Yeah, I yeah. just I, 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 I like making. I like. Uh, I think I like making money. I don't know how to describe it. I hate losing money. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. I mean, like, I, I work too fucking hard. I work too fucking hard yeah. for what I do. What I, I, hate, do. I hate losing money more than making it. Yeah. Yeah. I I can appreciate that. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm okay with, I'm okay with losing money if I know that is going to be worth the lesson. But I already know what the gambling lesson is for me. You know? Yeah. So, like, sometimes, you know, you like, I'll, I'll buy something, you know, and maybe it doesn't work out. You know, maybe, like, you know, you, you, you buy, like, wine. I think wine is a good example. Like, I'm willing to take a chance on oh, a nice yeah. bottle of wine. And it might not, especially you go out to dinner, it might not be a great bottle of wine. But I've learned something from that purchase and I got something out of it where for me, I don't, I, I, I'll have a, I got, I got three bottles of whiskey, like, uh, over there near my like row bar cart section, whatever that are all like decently like expensive bottles, but yeah, you know, like I, I'm willing to take a risk. You know, it's not like I'm not going to take a risk, but, and and I've gambled before, and I actually have every time I gambled, I actually have done pretty well. Um, but I just I and I like I don't have any. Uh, I can watch sports without putting money on the game. Yeah, and I make some games a lot interesting, but I can watch sports without um, watching it. So yeah, it's, it's it's been a craze here, definitely. Like 
the moment they, cause they made gambling legal, I think like the last, that last week of football in Virginia. And I, I, I kid you not, like if they would have put the whole season with gambling, I think I would have some friends that would be calling me and be like, hey, man, can I sleep in your couch? Because they got kicked out of their house. Like, I'm not even joking. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, they, I have some friends that love gambling. I'm just like, I don't, you know, I don't get it. But um, NBA, who's, who's, uh, who, who are your favorite players right now? Well, I mean, I mean, it's always for me. It's always LeBron first, but then after that, uh, I mean, I'm loving. I, lo- I like Donovan Mitchell, uh, not just because he has my name. Yeah, um, it is, but that's okay. And then, um, I mean, Doncic is is cool to watch. I mean, like we were watching him last night. I mean, Dame. I always love Dame too. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of people like I just appreciate. Like CJ McCollum, I mean, like I know he's not playing, but I always am fascinated it's, when I, I watch it's him. Funny because I tell like my guards, that's like if there's a few players you want to watch, because you have to be careful when like, just so you you know background story. I coach high school basketball, and you have to be careful who you tell like kids to watch because they'll you know like like. I could tell you to watch LeBron, but none of you motherfuckers are six eight, that run, or six nine that run like you know a, you know, fast as a deer and can jump out of the gym. So you're not going to learn as much as you would. And then like Steph, Steph has changed the game, but like I was like, you can't watch Steph because you will be chucking up shots thinking you're Steph Curry, but said he's shooting like forty five percent, and you're shooting thirty if you're lucky. Yeah. So don't watch. So I I say uh, CJ McCollum is definitely one of the guys I've always like. He is so. And this is just from a, like a you know basketball training coaching perspective. He is so fundamentally good. It's crazy. Like he is like if you watch him and like everything he does is his handle his shot. Um, like the ways he gets so low when he dribbles, he's and, and he is so fundamentally good. I love CJ. I love the the three sneaky players that like I just love, just from a coaching perspective and watching them is CJ McCollum, Bradley Bill. I'm not just saying that because I'm in DC, but Bradley. Yeah, Bill no, is. I was. I was. It's funny. I was gonna say Bradley because he he he's so form driven, but he's a little bit more. He's a more explosive CJ. Yeah, I just it's funny because I think CJ McCollum is what Durant would be if Durant was 6'3. Yeah, that's that's how I describe it. It's like if Durant was 6'3, he'd be CJ McCollum, just that he's seven foot, which is just the freakiest thing in the world. Um, and and, and Clay Thompson, I, I love Clay Thompson, like I could watch I, it, sucks that he's injured right now because I could watch Clay. I would watch the Warriors for Clay. I wouldn't watch it for Steph. I just love watching Clay Thompson play basketball. Defense, yeah. offense. And um yeah, he he those are the three guys I'm like, man, you if you watch them play basketball, you'll get better at basketball. Totally. Like, yeah, I mean yeah, you, I yeah, I'm 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 down for I'm down for that. I mean, like I like I said, I do like watching LeBron uh, probably first of the Lakers in general, but 
um, in terms of those other players, that those are the ones I would say CJ, Bradley, um, you know, it's, it's, I like watching guys who have really good footwork. I like watching, mm-hmm. um, what's his name from uh, Holiday, who, who went to Milwaukee. Drew Holiday? Yeah, yeah. I, I love watching him play defense. I mean, like, just his yeah. footwork, how he moved laterally, which is like, it, it, I mean, from a trainer perspective, I'm like, that's, that's hard, you know, to be able to. You can also that. tell that Drew Holiday is strong as hell. Yeah. Because he is 6'3", maybe 6'4", and uh, he'll be guarding – you know, six, eight, six, nine guys. And I don't know, I know you play basketball and stuff, but I don't know if you ever really guarded somebody that's like six, six or like, you know, six, five, six, seven. They can yeah. look skinny. These motherfuckers are strong. I don't <laughs> care who, if you're six, six, you're just like, you're just like, and you're like athletically built, you're just strong. You're yeah. just like naturally like, so in order to guard those guys, you have to like you have to have some shrimp to you, or all otherwise it's like they're just gonna push you up the way. Like yeah. just coaching, like I have like kids that would be like six five and they'd be skinny and like their legs might be if their legs are weak, I could still move them, but if their legs are decently strong, even if their upper body's skinny they can move me out the way like and, and i'm not small like it's just they you get that certain size it's crazy how strong like some of those people are so like drew holiday has to be like you see kd he looks like a little twig kd is strong as shit <laughs> yeah you know it's one it's so like drew holiday like something like that like you have to be strong man like to guard those guys so yeah I, I follow his um, I, on Instagram. I follow his uh, trainer uh, who works with him, and he does a lot of different lower body kind of mobility, kind of um, kind of technical like isometric stuff where you're just holding the weight and you're these lunge uh, squat positions, and you're doing different positions where you're challenging your ankle mobility at the same time. So it, I mean, it, it kind of all makes sense of why he's good at being in low kind of lateral positions where like he's in that defensive stance because yeah what his trainer shows it it makes sense that that would translate that way um yeah yeah let's uh let's get to um the last topic and we'll see how this one goes on on wait real question real quick real quick question yeah hijacking your your uh podcast here good question so you're a baseball player, right? Yeah. You were a baseball player. I, I, I had this question. Yeah. I had this question. I had this question with like a lot of people I coach with who coach, coach other sports. Mm. What is the most athletic sport to you? What's the most athletic sport? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say the most. That, a- I would say the most athletic sport. Uh, this is a little bit of a, um, a bias, but I, I kind of say boxing. Boxing? Hmm. Okay. Make the and, argument. Uh, huh? Make the argument. Okay. So the argument is that you, it requires all aspects of athleticism. Um, 
it requires strength and power. It requires agility, quickness. Um, it requires hand-eye coordination. Um, the level of stamina is is higher than than soccer and basketball because of just the, the way those rounds are. If you ever done boxing, like if you ever done three minutes, I, then, I haven't done boxing, but I, I you, you kind of know this. I've been in my fair share of fights. Yeah, you get tired. <laughs> so like, you take that a, a minute long fight is like forever. <laughs> exactly. So you take that, and then and I would say the other the thing that makes the cherry on top. You really have somebody on the other side of you who's trying to kill you or tried to nearly kill you. And, you know, that, throwing that on top of all the other things you got to be good at in terms of like, if you think of the different things to be athletic, strength, power, coordination, hand-eye coordination, you throw all those things together. It's kind of, that's why I go boxing. I might go basketball kind of second, but I would go, um, I would go, boxing um first it's funny because boxing is third on my list but i mean i I probably have it higher than i think a lot of people would i I don't disagree with anything you said you know i I can easily see that of course i'm biased i have basketball first yeah um just because kind of what i talked somewhat of what i talked about just the height, especially now, the height of these guys and how fast and strong and how high they can jump. And again, you have to have hand-eye coordination. You have to have, you have to be able to move horizontally and laterally. And, you know, it's a physical game. I I have soccer second. Yeah. Um, I have soccer third. Yeah, and then I have boxing. It's funny because if I ask this question, like, um, got coached with uh, Brandon Jackson, who our football, he's a basketball, football, track coach. And he yells every time, he's like, football, football. I'm like, no. I'm the like, reason, and, and the reason is not football, and, and the reason I'll say it's not football is, is because you've oftentimes seen non-football players jump into football late into their lives and be very very successful at it and you've seen some people who jump into basketball late but it's not uh, you see it more often uh but they're jumping from sports like basketball to football so so the the players that jump into basketball late and do okay are soccer players yeah because they see the game almost very similar. And yeah. if you have the footwork, like Akeem Olajuwon didn't really play basketball until he was, he was like 14 or 13 or something like that. Yeah. Um, Giannis was a soccer player up until he was like 12. You know, um, so usually you see that the opposite way. Now you do have a couple of football players with the basketball. I think actually number one pick um, this year, um, not Wiseman, what was the guy's name that's on the Timberwolves? But he was apparently a big time football player. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Edwards. Edwards, Edwards, yeah, 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 yeah. So you do see it, but to me, football, I mean, there's also different positions. So it's like, don't get me wrong, I think Julio Jones is maybe one of the freakish 
athletes walk on this earth. He doesn't look. If you just look at him, he doesn't look like he's a human. Like like we are the same species, you know. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard him like talk? Have you ever seen an interview with him? The funny thing is, I haven't seen that many interviews of him talking. Doesn't do many. He he did this one interview. It's actually him working out. It's like uh, I forget the website that did it. And he's like getting interviewed, and it's this woman who's like working. They're doing like a training like section session with him. Yep. And he is so like robotic, but like super confident, but not like in your like not cocky. Like everything he's yeah. saying, he one hundred percent believes it. Like he's talking like at first when you first hear him like say some of the stuff, he's like like, oh, he's Okay, guy. Yeah, all right. He's asked, he's like saying, but when he, and then once he kept like kind of, you're like, oh, that's just the way he is. And then he's like thinking about it, you're like, he is right about everything he is saying. Yeah. He's like, yes, I'm the fastest person in the in the NFL. And he like looks at the camera, just like stares into it, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yes. Like, well, I mean, you're, it, yeah. I mean, he he definitely, you know, he's definitely quiet, and he, but he is a freaking monster out there and the ability to run all the routes that he does and to be as consistent as he has uh is pretty impressive um i think one thing i want to i want to almost save the last topic for another time because i i want to like be able to jump into that like and kind of go almost a whole podcast on that is that how do I mean, how do you, you talk to white people when it comes to the Black Lives Matter, the police shootings and the Capitol riot type stuff? I think we could go into it now, but if we go into it, it's going to oh, be... Don't tell me now, because now I'm like uh, geared up now, you know? All right, well, let's do this. We'll, we'll, we'll try it. If it works, we'll keep it. If it doesn't, we, we, we won't. So uh-huh. how... How do you have that conversation when people, they either say something around you that you hear in the background or they ask you specifically your thoughts on the things like that, the Capitol riots, the police shootings, the Black Lives Matter stuff? Um, one, thing I, one thing I don't do is I don't and this is just kind of who i am as i try to also always be able to relate and read people that's kind of like my job honestly um so one thing i don't do is just i try to see it from everybody's point of view maybe where they came from how they were raised and stuff like that usually if i'm talking to somebody about this is somebody that i has somewhat of a relationship with right like it's going to be like a friend or um even if it's like a co-worker it's going to be somebody like that i have a relationship with it's rare that i'm just going to hear a stranger talking and be like actually you know i'm not that guy um what i try to do is i try to really talk it out from 
our point of view, from a black person's point of view. And that, and I, it's funny because even my wife and we talk about this stuff all the time. Um, you know, we grew up in a pretty nice area. Yeah. And we both have, I grew up around, I mean, most of my friends are white. But I do have a decent amount of black friends. I did grow up, you know, I'm from Atlanta, like the rest, I, I kind of see both sides, you know? And if I see both sides, I mean, like, I can see why white people think some things, all right? So what I try to do is I don't come out yelling or anything like that. I try to tell them the history of stuff. And then, and then I try to make them think about it as if, like, imagine if this was you and you were in this situation and this happened and this happened and this happened, or you saw this happen to people that look just like you, then how would you go about it? You know, it's like, and I always say, like, don't tell me you bullshit. Like, really think about it. And I think a lot of, like, especially since, like, this summer, I've had, you know, even friends that are, I'm not going to say, like, don't have, it's not like their races or anything like that, but, you know, they sometimes they even think about stuff like that. They, like, when I explain it to them, like, oh, damn. Like, I've had those conversations this summer. I think that's one of the great things that's kind of came out of this. Um, and so that, that's basically, I try to give them the history and try to say, like, you know, look on the side of, don't look at it just from your point of view. Because I think so often or not in this country that we care about what we see in the mirror. And instead of caring about, you know, well, why does that person make that? Yeah. You know? And I, it's sometimes, it's, you know, it's, most of the times it's ignorance. That's what I really come down to. And, and you know, not all ignorance is like mean. Sometimes it's just generally, oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. So um, with that topic, like um, George Floyd, even stuff like, this isn't even racial, even stuff with like the coronavirus. Like I've had friends that are like, oh, well, it's a hoax. And, um, you know, I don't really see the point in it and why do we gotta wear these masks and you know I work in healthcare and I'm just like well you might not have had somebody in your life die from it but I could tell you the numbers are in hospital I could tell you how many people are in the ICU and it's like oh well the numbers say you know you you got like a 90 99.9% chance that you're gonna be all right it's like yeah but you're gonna be in the hospital for a while you know, it's it's a lot better now. Like the medications and the treatments and stuff like that, and the vaccines and stuff. Um, but this is like early on. Like, yeah. you know, so so many people don't want to see. They almost want it to be 
kind of what we were just talking about earlier with uh, owning your masters. Like it's a, I, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Like it's kind of skeptical, like, you know, how people are just end up dying. Like people want things to be skeptical all the time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's like, no, this is just what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like one of the yeah. things I was just thinking about was that sometimes people take it so, you know, and this is kind of usually talking to people who are not, not black when it comes to these issues is the people who are semi-defensive usually so sometimes take it so on themselves that mm-hmm. it's all about their generation and they don't understand the level the deficit they they mm-hmm. underestimate the deficit they feel like the debt has been uh, has been paid back from what has happened in the past and they don't they, it's kind of the um they think there's like slavery and then and then there's some stuff that wasn't cool in the 60s and slightly before that and then it was yeah. like it's uh, like we're all good yeah we're yeah. all good we're all <laughs> even. like 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 oh you guys can vote now so like we're good right like yeah i mean you don't have your own water fountain and you know and it's like no like i literally one of my one of my best friends we were having a conversation we were at a winery this uh summer and George Floyd and a bunch of stuff had just happened. And, and you know, I, I've known this guy. I played basketball with this guy. And he was just very, he was actually asking me a lot of questions. We've been friends forever. He's never asked me stuff like this before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I, I, I think he was shocked by how much I really went into it when he asked me. I was like, just think about when you're in school. Just think about high school. I was like, what did you learn about Black people in high school? I was like, um, you know, slavery, but you only hear really from one side of slavery. You only hear about the Civil War. And, you, and that's it. You don't really, really go in. They don't really go into detail about, like, what was happening in slavery, how, how they had the system, how it set up, and what happened the more important thing that they don't go over is what happened after slavery. Yeah. Like, oh, slavery, oh, civil war happened. We signed, we signed, you know, the bill. We're good. No more slaves. Like, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's still <there's> slaves. <laughs> there's still black people on them farms. Because, like, what did they do? What are they going to do after that, you know? Uh, and I... I I think even like I really point towards the education system and just saying like, and I worked in the schools for a while, you know, and I coached still, but just like think about, and then when you hear about the civil rights movement, who are three people you hear about? Martin Luther uh, King, Martin Luther King <laughs> Harriet Tubman, you yeah. know, and it's it, you know the Chris Rock joke, right? he's talking about Martin Luther King. He's like, that's the only thing we learned about in school. I just answered every question with Martin Luther King. I had a 50% chance of getting it right. Like, yeah. who's the woman that got on the bus that refused to get off the bus? 
Ooh, let me think about it. Martina Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Martin Luther King. Yeah. It, it, it's no. true. It's like, you don't really, you know, they, they like, it's like America. It's like America wanted to cover up what they did wrong. Or, yeah. or, 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 you know, yeah, they wanted to kind of cover it up and they, they did a hell of a job. They covered it up through education. Yeah, well, our, our, I think our to brush brush it aside like it, it wasn't as significant as it was, and and I think the it's hard to do that. It's one thing we you know America has done that to Vietnam. It has done that to a lot of the wars it's fought. Um, you know, but it's different when you do that to people in your own country and you're asking them to fight some of these same battles. And then you don't treat them in a, in a fashion that that is, you know, equal when they come back from fighting in Vietnam, that they don't have rights or they come back from World War II and they they still don't have rights. So, yeah. I mean, I think we go we can go on and on. But I, I think the, the biggest thing is that I I try to do something similar to what you're saying. I try to say, you know, look at it from this angle. And I would say, it's trauma, man. It's just like you—you you see. I would just say, I would just say that it's trauma. It's you're seeing things that are happening that you know is not happening on the same on the other side. I think the capital rise is like a prime example. And yeah, it's one out. It's one out of many. Um, it's one. It's one. It's like it's the the, the most. It's like they would have treated that so differently. And they have. I mean, like, and that's the thing. That's the crazy thing of the last. I mean, they have. Well, months. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like in the it's last not that they would have. We've seen that they have. Exactly, and that's and I think that's 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 the distinct factor is that that has shown itself to be true um, over the last twelve months. Like you, you've seen actual different situations, of different types of riots, or different types of protests, and those protests are treated differently based off of what issue they're challenging. And, and I think, you know, when I, it's the, it's kind of the thing, like, I think sometimes they take the symbol that's behind me, this, this flag, they, they put that higher than the person. And I'm like, what are we, what are we talking about here? I mean, like you care so much about the flag, I care about the person and I could give a damn about the flag if the people are not treated in within yeah. the, this, the, the reality that the flag was supposed to represent. So it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I think, I, I think most of black people are so American. It's crazy. And, um, and by, by saying that, I mean, like, I believe so much in America. I want it to hold up to that belief. I want it to hold up to what it says it is. Um, And, you know, just, it's just the history. What I usually say is, yeah, put yourself in those shoes. And then I don't, I don't say like, go back and read these books and read this book and all that stuff. I might say like a few movies to watch or something like that. What I usually just say is like, 
just go back and kind of see why things are the way they are or see how we got here with some of these things like and why black people might be why there might be more hoods you know ghettos uh, of black people than there should be and honestly the way I look at it too is it all a lot of it has to do with economics for me like if you're white and you love America, you should want black people to do good because that means everybody's doing good, right? That means the the country is doing well, you know? And so I I think it all kind of comes down to economics. What do you think, this is the last thing I I know you you can get get off. What what are your thoughts on reparations? What do you think? Um... I believe in it. I believe, but I believe in it in a way that um, I I don't know if I believe in it in a way that is a, is a blank check. Um, I believe I believe in it in a way of an opportunity check. In a sense, what I mean by that is that um, true investment in the educational system, um, true opportunity for housing and um, loans and access to income. Um, See, this is why you're my brother. Um, <laughs> I, you literally took the words out of my mouth. Like, because I, I think about, all right, what are the two things that really affected Black people? You know, you and it's not even that long ago. You could say, 40, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Housing loans, being able to own property. The redlining, yeah. Yeah. And and because of this and just wealth in general, getting an education and paying for that education. Yeah. So I think, and, and that's a way, because I, I honestly believe you just give and this is just not black people, this is anybody. If you just give them a blank check, first off, how are you going to figure out what that amount is? Yeah. Second off, that check could be gone tomorrow. Exactly. I mean, okay. like, you don't have the education behind it and how to use it. I mean, yeah. we're going to, we'll blow, th- we'll blow through it and not um, strategize in the right way. But if you have the education, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the whole, you know, teach or, somebody. Or if you, get a, if you get a tax break or a loan and you can, Owning a house in America is like, especially in most places. I mean, there's some places that are a little different, but owning property or a house in America is is a sign that you're at least doing something, you know? Like, yeah. It's not the end all be all, but, you know, I think that's a sign of putting, it's putting your money in the right spot almost. Like, you know, owning your so like it says just renting you know if if that goes away then you have nothing at least if you have your yeah. home you you know you got something and i, I yeah. just i think those are the targets so i 100 agree with you on that well thank you for sitting down with me um you know we're, we're, we're experimenting with this so we'll see how i'm gonna see how it turns out and uh and we'll put it up there and i'll send it to you 
thanks for joining. Got anything for the people before we get out? Um, yeah, you know, um, I was a more athletic brother uh, growing up. Um, Donovan might say otherwise, but, you know, he played baseball, I played basketball. What's the more athletic sport? I played basketball also. Yeah, but did you? <laughs> I'll let you have your moment, you, right? I'll let you have your moment. You, you want to compare them stat lines? No, I'm just joking with you. You're a great athlete. Great brother. Great husband. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, this, next time we'll do it in person. Uh, hopefully I can get out there this summer. Yeah, we'll, we'll the definitely kids, do that. Kids, okay. And, and uh, we'll get the, the, the mics all figured out and everything. We'll, we'll, we'll get this all set up. Thanks again, and I'll, uh, I'll see you. Ne- next time I'm drinking a lot. I'm going to actually drink. I, I actually just stopped drinking for the uh, well, two weeks. So. I'll say this. If, next if, 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 I, I'll preface this. If the audio, if this is a turnout as well, We'll, we'll we'll redo this. We'll sharpen it up, and we'll 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 pull out some drinks as we as do, we do some it. drink chance. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right, have a good Bye. one.